Bob Dylan, Electric Guitars, Judas, and Just Being Yourself. How are they connected on this episode of the Inspire Podcast? Now, I'm sure we all recognize who that was. Well, I mean, that was the famous Robert Allen Zimmerman, born in 1941 here in our beloved Minnesota. What, what? You you don't know who that Mr. Zimmerman is? Oh, well, maybe you know him better as Bob Dylan. And now that you know it's Bob Dylan, I mean, it. if you're like me, I'm wondering, he's going out on stage. You didn't see the clip, but I'll tell you. It's in England in 1966, I believe is the year. Um, and you hear the sound, Judas, someone screaming, Judas, <laughs> why in the world would someone pay to come see an artist and chide them as they come on stage? Well, I'm going to give you some context for that. And it's even funner than you realize. As he goes out on the stage uh, with his electric guitar, you hear the screams of Judas. He goes out with the band. They're going to play Like a Rolling Stone. He turns to, you heard him, you're a liar, I don't believe you. He turns to the band, and what you can't really hear, and you don't hear in the clip, you, you can see him mouth it, and you see the subtitles. He tells the band, play it expletively <laughs> loud. Play it loud. Well, what's going on with this interaction between Bob Dylan and the crowd? Well, it's because Bob Dylan is a folk singer. And folk singers, they, they sing with acoustic equipment especially guitars, not electric. Electric is for the system. It's for the man. It's for uh, the people who've sold out. And that's not Bob Dylan. He built up his commercial success and critical acclaim in the genre of folk music. And when he began to transition in around 1965, visibly in his sets where he would have uh, one set that would be more acoustic and another set that would be uh, more electric, when he began to divide these sets up, there was no limit. Well, I guess there was some limit, but it was pretty vitriolic from his audience. These folk singer aficionados were completely taken aback. It actually got so bad at one point when Dylan and his band performed at the Newport Folk Festival in Rhode Island in 1965. He, they, they came on stage with an electric band and the reaction was immediate. After playing three songs over a chorus of booze, Dylan and his band abruptly left the stage. When the master of ceremonies begged, I mean pleaded, urged him to come back with an acoustic guitar, Dylan obliged. Appropriately enough, he played It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. 
And the clip that we heard at the beginning of the podcast was a tour of, Eng- of England, uh, of, of Dylan's band in England the following year, 1966. And the reactions when in that time, the reactions were even harsher. Most of his shows featured two sets. In the first, Dylan would play acoustic to a, a more uh, subdued crowd. He would go back uh, backstage. He would come back out. And now he's going to play this, this searing electric set, um, often to jeers and boos and applause to drown out the band. And that's the context to which you, which you heard this clip of Dylan when he says, I, I don't believe you. I believe you're a, a liar. And he turns to the band and finally says, turn this up. So what's going on? And why is it relative to the idea of being yourself? Well, the reality is most people, well, I guess most fans of uh, any, whether it be music or sports or, or whatever it might be, really haven't invested the time to find out the history of a person. And what most people would not realize is that Dylan, as a teenager, his first love was rock and roll and electric guitar and uh, everything that came with the rhythms of rock and roll music. But he made his acclaim and, his, and he came to fame in the folk, the folk music genre. But his first love, his passion, who he was down deep was this rock and roll singer. And that is what was dying to get out of Bob Dylan. It's dying to get out of all of us. And what's so fascinating about Bob Dylan's story is you see it played out on one of the biggest stages ever. A quick, fascinating, and somewhat related um, story is, if you like movies like I do, uh, there's a scene in Batman Begins. I believe it's Batman Begins where you have Bruce Wayne uh, and the, he is uh, there. He's at the ball. There's this masquerade party, and this is right before um, he's gonna come in contact with um, Dark Shadows or, or whatever, whatever. I forget. It's been a while. So he comes in contact with his this villain played by Liam Neeson. And uh, what's fascinating about this that I think most people miss: Bruce Wayne is the only person not dressed up. Um, and one person asks him, "Well, Bruce, who are you dressed up as?" And Bruce responds in in a fascinatingly often missed way. He says, I'm dressed up as a something like, it goes something like, I'm dressed up as a successful uh, tycoon billionaire, Bruce Wayne. Now, we hear that and we think, okay, that's funny. He's just not dressed up. What, What is he saying? What Bruce is saying there is that he's really Batman, he who's pretending to be Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne isn't pretending to be Batman. You and I have been designed with three, three primary things I want you to think about. Think about a Venn diagram. We've been designed with passions. So what is that? So what makes you, when you wake, what wakes you up in the morning? What gets you going? What do you really always get excited about? What makes you pound your fist on the table and, and, and proclaim this thing? So what are you passionate about? We've been designed with passion. And we also have giftings. So what are you gifted? What do you do well? What, what is something that you, my daughter, one of my, my youngest daughter, is, a, is an amazingly gifted artist. She's also passionate about it. And oftentimes these things fuel each other. So we're, we've been designed with passions, giftings, and opportunities. We have opportunities all around us to see these things come to light. Sometimes we have to create these opportunities on our own, but they're there. Opportunities are all around us. And when you think about who you are, it's important. One of the ways in which we lead a joy-filled life 
It's understanding that we've been designed and created with these three things in mind, passions, giftings, and opportunities. And, and mining these out are extremely important in everyday life to figure out not only who we are, but how we interact in community with others, how we experience the most joy in this life. What are you passionate about? What are you gifted at? Where are your opportunities? Really, you can enter into that conversation at any one of those three, whichever might be the easiest for you. Maybe you have some uh, over-the-top obvious giftings. Well, that's where you can start there. What am I gifted? What am I gifted at? Where are my giftings? What do other people say that I'm gifted at? Or maybe you know right away what you're just passionate about. And passionate towards joy, not passionate towards anger. Uh, although there could, there's often an agitated piece to our passion, and that's fine. But for the most part, our passion should be something of joy uh, and peace and not sort of anger and wrath. That, that's not what we're talking about primarily in, in terms of passion. And what are our opportunities? What, what have we been given by grace the opportunity to do in life? Well, think about that. When you think about your life and where you are, what are some of the opportunities that you've had that, that other folks don't have? One of the, one of the, the the things I like about the story with Dylan, it's kind of tragic, but at the same time, it's almost redeeming in a sense. Well, after that negative response he got in 1965, Dylan didn't return to the Newport Folk Festival until 2002. That's almost what? 70, 80, 90, what? 30 years? 30 some years? 20? I mean, a long time it took him to go back, but he never he never altered what he was passionate about, and he stood up for who he was. In this life, we have a signature on our life, and it's important for us to spend our energy mining that out of ourselves. Because even in the midst of the calls of Judas and the boos and jeers, life is much more sustainable when we're spending the energy to find out who we actually are designed to be. And it's in that design, in that signature that's been placed on our life, that we can withstand all the jeers and the boos and the loud drowning out applause because that's what we have been designed to do. What have you been designed to do? Have you thought about it? I hope you do. Until next time, I'm your host, Joshua Wedstein, and I hope and I pray that you have been inspired today.